is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Sorry for that background noise. we got a fan on in here. We're going to turn that off in two seconds. My name is Stanley Fritz, and I am happy to see you here as usual on this beautiful Sunday morning. Yo, listen, it's mad nice out today, and we are in a studio. We should be riding bicycles. We should definitely be riding bicycles. All right, we're leaving. All right, peace Drop out, guys. See you next time. So no, I tried no, to take kidding, my bike to get a tune-up yesterday, and the guy was like, yo, come back, man. It's too crowded. I paid $80 for a tune-up, and I haven't read the bike yet. And what? we're riding a 40 miles in three weeks. But oh, I we walked are. eight miles yesterday, so I'm That's still good. working those legs. I get my tune-ups, tune-ups for, for free at Talent Cycles on 141st between um, Amsterdam and Hamilton. Shout out to Talent Cycles. Where are Talent Cycles? You see that? Free promo. But I get the free, um, what you call it, the free tune-ups because I bought my bike from there and it's an expensive bike, or at least expensive for me. So that's why they hold it down for me like that. But anyways, guys, my name is Stanley Fritz. I'm your favorite engineer on the PC Ones and Twos, and I'm here because I love talking about stuff. And if you want to talk to me more, you can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can find me on Instagram at Stan Fritz. You can find me on Facebook at Stanley Good Hair Fritz. And, of course, you can always talk to me. Yes, I know. I was young. I made a mistake. I do not have good hair. It was a joke. And, of course, you can go on Snapchat, but I almost never use that, so you'll be there by yourself, beloveds. Alyssa? I think you have good hair. Thank you. Uh, my name is, am I allowed to say that? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I take that back. Your hair sucks. Now we definitely got to jump you. My name is Alyssa Fuchs. I am your political and legal correspondent, and you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs, although I don't really use that that much. Um, you're better off finding me on Instagram at Alyssa.Fuchs or on Twitter Alyssa, uh, at Alyssa Fuchs, and that's spelled I-L-Y-S-S-A-F-U-C-H-S if you're nasty. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I've been off the for two weeks uh, you know last week i had to move my whole office but now i got that dope view of downtown manhattan so <laughs> you, you know moving on up moving on up and um you know and the week before that i was on vacation which was really nice but yeah i'm looking forward to uh today's show and to being back morning what's good y'all it's uh joshua clennon glad to be back uh harlem resident community board 10 uh uptown democrat Uptown Democratic Club and executive director, mm. and um, also a real estate entrepreneur. That's right. Talk your set, King. Talk your set. That's right. Hit him up if you need some real estate. Yeah, right. What you do? Commercial, residential. I do everything, baby. I do everything. I'm a broker. I do uh, property management. Do development. If you got a, you inherited a broken down building, you need to get it rehabilitated, get it back in shape. Let me know. You know, it's interesting because I can actually get a real estate broker's license. All I have to do is mail the paperwork to the state with like $200. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you're a lawyer, you don't actually have to do all the real estate courses because you take property in law school. But I literally took one semester of property, so I don't really know anything about it. Um, mm. Because, you know, I focused most of my time in law school on like civil rights litigation. Yeah. And you only need to get the stuff. license if you want uh, if you want to have agents underneath you. Right. I mean, you, that's why you got to take the courses. But other than that, yeah. You but could. it's like crazy that if you have a law license, even if you don't really know anything about real estate you can just become a real estate broker so it's like a cool little thing to have another feather in your cap huh yeah also a notary a notary right yeah i'm a notary oh you can notarize stuff oh it's about to be lit lit yeah you didn't know that Mm. stanley's gonna be coming by my new office a lot now yo where (laughs) is your new office can you tell us yeah it's at 225 broadway in the transportation building oh oh, you even go that far no i literally moved one building over but you'd be surprised how hard it is to pack up five years worth of stuff and have Ooh. to then move it all the way, like literally just to the next building. But you got to like take it down 18 flights. You got to take it back Wait, up 27 flights. Wait, they didn't get flights. movers? No, we did have movers. Oh. But like, you know, like 
that's what I'm saying. Like I I didn't physically move the stuff. The movers did that. Oh, okay. Uh, but I still like there was still a lot of work that needed to be done. Like I had, literally that day that I took off Sunday when I went in, I was at my office for four hours just like sorting you know like yeah, what's going uh, in the garbage what's going in the shred bin what actually has to get packed um uh, you know like that takes time and like and i didn't want to have to do that during work hours because i have almost 100 clients that have had their rights violated by the police department that i really want to be focusing my time on okay we're flex but okay <laughs> well, i mean it's true like that's why that's why i wanted to set aside personal time to do this so i didn't take away from my clients cases right. and from the time i spent working on I them i see you queen i hate trying to be a better human being than the rest of us uh, you know you trash for that so guys we have a big show today we are actually here to have a very somber but just like real conversation about the death of nipsey hustle so for those of you who do not know who nipsey hustle is nipsey hustle was a west coast rapper also a member of the rolling 60s crip gang and he had recently just hit mainstream success when he signed a new deal with dev jam for over three million dollars and then his last album victory lap ended up becoming grammy nominated nipsey hustle was murdered in front of his store last week sunday and hip-hop and really main all of mainstream america has been mourning in some way or another so we're here to talk about that what happened there and kind of unpack all those different pieces that are involved with his death and with his life as well but before we get there we got plenty of news stories to talk about and there's plenty of things to be excited about as well what do you guys want to talk about today um i mean there's a lot of stuff to talk about today um i mean i i was particularly excited about um the Lori lightfoot story but then after the fact i heard some stuff that doesn't really thrill me. So I know we can get into that in a little while after we come back from a break. Um, mm, what know. about her, though? The Jesse Smollett thing, what she said about Jesse? Yeah, I mean, oh, there was that. that he should be uh, held accountable? I don't know. There's another issue that's bothering me about that, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, actually, I can't say that on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to um, talk about that too soon uh, before we go to a break. I know we have a lot to talk about, about the Joe Biden thing. Actually, SNL was really funny oh last night. God. They spoofed it during the cold open. So if you haven't seen SNL, I recommend you check that out. Uh, but on that note, uh, I believe we're going to go to a quick break. You know, you can always call us up at 212-650-6903. You can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. Leave us a comment on Instagram uh, at BeHeard underscore radio. Uh, or, of course, leave a comment on the Facebook page. That's Facebook.com slash Let Your Voice Be Heard. Word. Legendary self-made progress. Last time that I checked. First you get the money, the respect, and the power. All right, guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, this is me, Stanley Fitz. I'm also here with Alyssa Fuchs and, of course, Josh. What's your rapper name, Little Real Estate? You know, I've been thinking about that a lot, and it would probably be... Um, Little Housing Manager? No, nah, probably like Josh Cash. Like, Josh Cash? I, I mm. thought it was like the street you grew up on and like the last four digits of your social security number. Oh, no, no, no. That's what you guys, you give the guy over the phone when he calls you with the scam, right? <laughs> I, listen, I'm not Wait, a part actually, of I heard a funny story Ma. about that where like one of my friends got a call like that. It was like one of those scammers and mm. the guy was like, Oh, I'm just calling about such and such. My friend was like, wait, let me guess. You want my social security number. You want my birthday. And the guy got so freaked out by it that the guy just hung up. So, you know, another another trick is when you get those scam calls, you 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 pick up the phone and you say something like Bronx District Attorney's Office. Oh <laughs> yeah, that'll make them hang up real quick. OK, little cash. Is that what you was doing? No, 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 no. Little. No little, no little. Only big over here. Isn't that the thing that everybody's doing now? Little Cash, Lil Zan. They've been doing that forever, you know? Like Lil Kim, Lil Wayne, like Lil Nas. But they were little. Like Lil Lil Wayne is like five seven. Lil Kim is like four eleven. But then like Big Sean is like little as hell and he calls himself Big Sean. This is true. And apparently he's been having some issues with self care. I like that country song. 
That is not a Big Sean rap. song. No, I it's know, not no, no. a country song, oh, you said, though. Lil, Lil, not, you said Lil Nas, Lil Nas X, Nas X so. yeah. oh, Okay, okay. It's not a country song, though, but... It is definitely a country song. It is country. It's a bop. It's a bop, but it's, it's not country. It's a country bop. So, in case you guys are wondering what we're talking about, this young king named Lil Nas X <laughs> made a song called Old Country Road, and it got popping on SoundCloud and eventually hit the billboards. It was number one in the billboards, and then it was number one in the country billboards, and they fought to have it taken off. So that's caused a lot of upri- uprising and frustration because the country music, whatever, said that it didn't have enough country elements in it. And then the Ivory King, Billy Ray Cyrus, jumped on a remix. <laughs> and he may have arguably had the verse of the year. Now, that remix is fine. Yeah, he that definitely will play fire. that on, on the way to break because you got to hit a remix. He actually really did kill it, though. So, yeah, Alyssa, you were right. That song is definitely a bop. I like it. You know, look, it. I get how some people think it's not country, but it sounds pretty country to me. He's talking about like riding a horse. I, mean. <laughs> I think that, I think that's what they arguing though. Like you can't just talk about horses and then no, it's, it's just a country like a song. Country like, twang to it too. I mean, I think it, it's about the musical composition. Well, uh, you decide. How about that? We'll, we'll play that for you, and you decide. Um, but on other things, um, what what happened this week? Lots of stuff happened this week. Um, you got anything? You got anything? Or you want me to get started? So Joe Biden. Um, mm, these allegations have gone come mm. out. Uh, these are not new allegations. Joe's been like, no, to be a touchy feely kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But I think the bigger question is like whether or not it's actually. I, I mean, some people say it's not really problematic that you know that's just how Joe is. He's very warm. You know, he always hugs people, and that you know that kind of behavior may not have been so problematic in the past. Well, and a lot of people feel like it's just like these are attacks that are coming from the right and from the left trying to sabotage somebody that may be able to beat Trump. Well, so. take a second. Take, stop for a second, Alyssa. Josh, you're about to give a speech. You're preparing. All of a sudden, I come behind you, rest my head on your chin, and go, you're a small nice. Good luck. And walk away. How would you feel? I would have hit you with a vicious elbow. Like, what you doing, <laughs> bro? That's what, like, he did to, that's what he did to the woman. Yeah, but <laughs> this is this is the great feast, right? We, uh, the left is beginning to eat itself, but as it always you does. You just said you would hit me with an elbow if I yeah, did that. Yeah, but why are you going to hold on to that for, like, a whole year and then talk about it now? Like, like okay, that's creepy. That's weird, right? But what that got to do with him being president? Uh, you know, listen, here's the thing that bothers me about this the most. We don't want to be hypocrites as people who are Democrats. Yeah. We don't want to see behavior and say, well, it's OK if our guy did it. Um, but if like a Republican did it, it's not OK. So like we have to obviously judge people through the same lens. And so the best way to, to sort of answer this question is if a Republican did these things, would we be freaking out about it or not? That's number one. But number two is we also have a president that literally said, I grab her by the pee. And uh-huh. nobody didn't didn't care about that. So, you know, I don't it's know like, everybody cared about well, that. You know, I mean, it's just he won anyway. Yeah. So it's like, like I said, we're eating each other over something that's really not that big of an issue. Well, here, here's what's bothering me about that. I don't mean to cut you off. People are saying like, she's, a, she's a survivor. Of what? He um, it, it was a little creepy, but he didn't rape her. Yeah, like, like what did you... Yeah, I don't know, man. Alyssa, you got a comment for us. We're getting a comment from Joan Andre, who's uh, watching on the live stream. Uh, Joan says, Joe Biden, creepy vibes. Donald Trump is a predator. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with Listen, that. Listen, Joe Biden is not the only creepy old white dude in the country. There's, there's millions of them. There's mad creepy dudes on the block right now. But does that mean he can't be president? No. I mean, and I'm not I mean, even, I'm not high reasons. on Joe. Like, I'm not like, I don't plan on campaigning for Joe. But like, let's be serious. Let's. 
you know, if we're gonna critique candidates, let's have a a, a high level conversation about our I'm, candidates, not let just tear them down over a little petty nonsense. I, I agree. And you know, before we move on, I'll say this: you have to ask yourself this question: if allegations came out that like Bernie Sanders had done some creepy ish. Like, would people have the same reaction? You know, like, because... The Bernie I, Hive wouldn't. You know, th- that's an interesting question because some of this may be related to the fact well, that, like, Joe has other problematic policies, you know, that people don't Well, Bernie yeah, did like, get a lot of flack, though. People are saying that, you know, people in his campaign last year were engaging in, like, sexual, like, fam, harassment and things like fam, that. you know how... Well, you know, but for those of you who are watching, do you know how huge a presidential campaign is when it staffs up? There is almost no way Bernie could have known what was going on in every single office. It's impossible. I worked on a state senate campaign where, like, I was running an entire office on my own. The, the candidate wasn't paying attention to what I was, what was going on day to day. I like, you know, I have my criticism of Bernie, but it really annoys me when they try to throw that on him. When people found out, they got rid of these problematic staffers right away. Like, you can't burn, you can't right. blame Bernie for that. But he got a lot of heat for that. So it's not like Joe's by himself on this. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, it is kind of crazy. You shouldn't just be sniffing people's hair. You don't know. I mean, even when yeah. I do that to my girl, she's like, get off me. Like, ew. Like, <laughs> it's not, you know, like, chill, chill, King. Listen, I'm just glad I don't touch nobody. Word. <laughs> I don't touch. Nobody can ever say that I don't touch Listen nobody. Yeah. Keep your hands to yourself unless somebody consents to have your hands on right, them. Like, there you go. That's yeah. a good rule. It's a That's crazy a really good age rule. we live in right now. Let's switch gears, guys. Let's, let's, let's talk about something happy. Lori Lightfoot won the Chicago election for mayor. So now Chicago has their first black mayor but not just black but also black lesbian mayor and a lot of the people are excited but also a lot of people are a little bit because mm, they don't like her policies what do you guys think and feel about this so i mean look this is your what this is what i call your test of a first rate intelligence right so there's mm-hmm. this quote and it's the test of a first rate intelligence is the ability to keep two opposing ideas in mind at the same time and mm-hmm. still retain the ability to function it's f scott fitzgerald and on one level I think it's really awesome that a black lesbian is now going to be heading up a very, very big city. I mean, Chicago is very big city. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as big as New York City, but it's it's one of our biggest tri-state metropolitan cities. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, then, I heard information come out this week that Lori Lightfoot wants to take some of these, like, old schools and turn them into, like, police academies and stuff like this. And, yeah. like, you know, this whole thing and, the, like... There's already mad problems with the police in Chicago. I mean, there's problems with the police all over this country. Uh, but Chicago in particular, um, the Laquan McDonald case is just one little portion of that. And so, like, I don't necessarily think it's a good policy to get into office and be like, let's open more places where kids and cops can get along. I don't know. I mean, like, that fits with the new community policing model. But at the same time, it's still, like, it embeds cops more in communities and then when you look at the historical nature of policing and white supremacy to me it's sort of problematic i mean i'm biased i'm a civil rights lawyer no, so yeah but, I'm, I'm with yeah. you on that and like you know Rahm Emanuel needed to go and i can't say what i, what I really want to say about Rahm Emanuel, but it rhymes with duck Rahm Emanuel, <laughs> and he was closing down schools and then building like 300 million dollar police like facilities and it sounds like she wants to kind of like continue that and i don't like that i don't think that's helpful to anyone at all Josh, have you had a chance to look at her? Yeah, um, I think it's a big achievement for the for the black community over there. But I mean, when only sixty percent of um sixty percent of the people in Chicago didn't vote in that election, didn't um, vote or did did not did vote. Not. Did oh, they not had a forty percent turnout. Yep, that's pretty good. New York does not have that high. 
I mean, yeah, but that's still like, you know, I'm skeptical. Um, she was a prosecutor, so you know, uh, that's a little you know She's like Kamala Light. Yeah. A little bit. But she's not running for president. Yeah, I'm, so. a, I'm gonna be open minded about it. I'm gonna let her, you know, have her run, see how it yeah. goes, but I'm skeptical. I think that's the most important thing you can do is, you know, give people an opportunity yeah. to do their job and then judge them based on the job they do. And you know, look, that could be said about a lot of people. People have people forget that Obama was against gay marriage when he in 2008 when he was first running for president yeah. and he evolved. People forget that Joe Biden was pro-life. Yeah. Um and you know, so people obviously like the world changes and as the world changes, people change their positions. I mean, Think back to when you were 16. You don't believe the exact same things now that you yeah. believed when you were 16. You learn, you grow, you change your position. Yeah. Uh, so the question becomes, like, how are you going to take that growth, growth um, and learn from it and move forward? And, and if we see results, then we can say, look, this person is doing a good job. We can't just judge them on their past. But yeah. I, I also do think it's important to look at people's records. Yeah. And so I think, you know, you have to get the whole picture. And then you have to look at what people do once they get in the office and judge mm -hmm. them based on that. But we need to like creators, like not just like people who have good ac academic background, just mm -hmm. suits like we need to elect people who know how to create jobs, create like development that's, you know, affordable in communities because that's what they need. I mean, all these kids are running wild in Chicago because they don't have opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later also during the Nipsey Hustle segment, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. A little bit. Yeah. And guys, also, if you want to call in with a question or a comment, you can give us a call at 212. 650-6903. Again, that's 212-650-6903. And always, never forget, guys, if you like what we do, if you want to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash beheardradio. We really appreciate your support and anything you can do for us at patreon.com slash beheardradio. Alyssa, before we shift on to the, new, the next story, do we have any comments on Facebook Live? Uh, not at the moment, but I, you know, I just wanted to shift gears a second and talk about the... Um, the Mueller report. So now, yeah. obviously, the Mueller report came out, sort of. Mm -hmm. It's um, We haven't seen it. Even Congress hasn't seen it. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump's he uh, attorney general, um, Barr, gave us a four-page summary, which makes it seem like the president really didn't do that much wrong. And then, of course, the president tweeted that there was no collusion and no obstruction, and he's completely exonerated. Mm -hmm. um, but now we're finding out that... Uh, what I think we already knew all along, people in the FBI are saying the report is not necessarily as exonerating as Barr says it is and as Trump wants to believe it is. And so now we have a situation where uh, the House, which is run by Democrats, have mm -hmm. now subpoenaed not only the Mueller report, but also Trump's taxes to see yep. what's really going on. So it's going to be really interesting. Um, this is one of those watch that space because the next couple of weeks is about to get really interesting. Yeah. And Bianca, to answer your question, we don't know if they're going to release the full report. Probably not. But apparently, according to the New York Times, folks on the Mueller team wrote their own summary and gave it to Barr and said that he could use that that summary. And Barr instead took it and shelved it so no one could see it and then wrote his own summary. Are you surprised? Of course I'm he not, did. Yeah. I mean, at this point, listen, last week we had um my friend Alex in here. He's doing a podcast called Two Chicks and One Guy. And... I asked him about the Mueller well, report. Well, I mean, it's not really called that. Yeah, but you know, we can't it's say It's called 1D. Yeah, Two chicks and 1D. You always get the D. But, you know, he, when I asked him about the, about the Mueller report, all he knew was like, oh, yeah, so Donald Trump got peed on? Folks aren't paying attention to this. So what, does it even matter if this report comes out or not? I mean, do we really know if... Do, wait, do you wait, think wait, Donald wait, Trump wait, got wait, peed wait. on? They said Donald Trump got peed on in the report? No. no. So, like, one of the things they were saying is that um, Putin has video of Donald Trump having that. sex with underage girls and getting peed on. 
And I thought the girls were peeing on each other while he watched Either in the way, same room where Obama and Michelle slept. Everything about that is just nasty. Like what? Like, but that's Listen, that's just rich people. Yo, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, but dog pee. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's just move on, amicably, guys. <laughs> what, what, what other news story we got over here? Which, oh my God. Oh, so AOC is beefing with everybody again. Apparently, she gets, she gets so much death threats now that her staff has to screen people that want to visit her in district. And not just AOC, but Ilham Omar, someone was just arrested for threat, verbally threatening her over the phone, saying that he was going to kill her. Mm. And this person got arrested. So, like, our heroes and our, the people we want to be leaders, they're leading and they're being heroes, and their lives are on the line. Does that make you nervous? Alyssa, I know you're someone who's, like, considered running for, running for public office. I mean, yeah, I think it does make you nervous because, uh, you know, we live in a pretty volatile world and uh, right now. And at the same time, guns are extremely prevalent in the United States, as we know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there's a situation where, yes, people in Congress are protected and and they get, uh, you know, protection as elected officials. But at the same time, like you can't stop everything and also prevents you from living your life. Like if AOC just wants to go home to her apartment in the Bronx and just like have a night to herself where she like, you know, goes on Instagram and makes some Instapot thing like she used to do before she got elected or as she was campaigning, it's a lot more difficult. Like it's a lot more difficult if she Mm. just wants to have a night out with her friends. Like, like you really give up that when you run for office and it never used to always be like that. But now I think it's just, um, you know, people have gotten a lot more crazy. And like that's look, it's a weird thing because at the same time we see a lot more I should say a lot less political assassinations than we saw in the past. Like in fact, back, you know, but at the same yeah. time it also feels like, you know, you really have access to people these days with social the rise mm-hmm. of social media and so like it can create a scary situation. But the the revolution isn't for the frail, you know. And this no, ain't this isn't sure. nothing new. I mean it used to be a lot worse back in the day. I remember when I used to intern for um Charlie Wrangle mm-hmm. Whenever he would say something about, because um, he would go off on these Tea Party people on, you know, on CNN, et cetera, mm-hmm. we'd get crazy death threats. They mm-hmm. like, they'd be on like a campaign, just blowing up the district office. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna kill Charlie. They're gonna do all this. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, hang him and all type of stuff. So I mean, it's nothing new. It's yeah. like I, we've been through this, you know. Mm-hmm. You're right. So we, I know we got a comment. Then we got to go on break. So um, yeah. So we have uh, Bianca Pert saying, um, "What will happen if the report is released? Nothing in there will quote unquote impeach him, um, and that uh, AOC needs beefed up security. She may be the modern day Nipsey." Um, according to Bianca, um, one more quick thing before we go to break. You know what today is, Stanley? The 51st anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Well, it's that, but it's also National Beer Day. So, oh. happy National Beer Day. You were trying to end on a happy note, and I tried I to was, hit you with I was, I was. <laughs> so, you know, when you're thinking about Martin Luther King, make sure you have a beer. You know what? I will. You know what? To treat everyone, here is Old Town Road, but with the best part. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, my name is Stanley Fritz. I'm here on the PC Ones and Twos, chilling with Alyssa Fuchs, and of course, Josh. Rap, what's your rap name again? I keep forgetting. Josh Cash. 
Josh Cash. You know why he has cash? You know what I don't have? I don't have cash. I don't have good credit, (laughs) and I don't have good looks, but I have spunk. Respect that. Listen, folks, we are here. We're trying to keep our spirits high, but a lot of us are still mourning the assassination of Nipsey Hussle. If you don't know who Nipsey Hussle is, you really should take a chance to find out. Nipsey Hussle is a West Coast rapper, former member of the Rolling 60s Crips, who was shot and killed in front of his own establishment Sunday afternoon by a man who, by all accounts, um, was deranged, Eric Holder. Nipsey Hussle was most known by most hip-hop as somebody who has been making great music for a lot of years, but his last album, Victory Lap, which was his first mainstream album after he had signed with Def Jam, was also Grammy-nominated, and it all of a sudden propelled him to like the highest heights his career had ever seen, eventually signing with Jay-Z and Rock Nation and doing a lot of great community work. Nipsey dies as somebody who was always trying to uplift his community. The, the store that he had bought where he was murdered at, he bought the store because the original owner wouldn't let kids play there. He hired nothing but formerly incarcerated people to work in his stores. He was always investing money into STEM research and Crenshaw and Compton, and he was somebody that many folks say was a modern-day Tupac, not necessarily because he was out there speaking about the issues, but he was in the community trying to build it up, and he went back to his community after he made his riches. So we're here to talk about what happened to him him, how we're feeling, and what comes next And on the seven days after his death. And before we get started, I obviously want to give folks on the panel a chance to kind of just talk about, you know, what you thought or what you heard when you found out that he passed. I don't know all of us listened to him because he had just popped up on the mainstream, but even if you didn't know, what have you heard since? And Josh, I'll start with you. Man, first I was just shocked. I was like, wait, what? Like, my, I remember my girlfriend texted me, like, Nipsey Hussle died. And I'm like, what? So I'm looking it up, and I see he got shot. And just, like, to think that he got shot in front of this store that he just brought in his neighborhood that he grew up in was just crazy. It's like Nipsey Hussle is what we want all rappers to be in the black community, right? We want all rappers to, you know, make that money then come back to their neighborhoods invest in their communities, you know, do positive things in their community. And that's been the knock on a lot of rappers, like, through hip-hop. You know, they always get their money, then they moved out to Beverly Hills, and they don't they don't invest in real estate or anything in their communities to uplift the, the places where they came from. And he was doing all that, man. He was the anti-Kanye. Yeah, he was the anti, exactly. He was the anti-Kanye, like. So it's just, I feel like a lot of people were hurt especially considering the way he died because this guy was like he was larger than life and which is why i think a lot of people are coming up with all these conspiracy theories like oh he he got killed because uh he was making that dr sebi documentary um yeah and just to find out it was just some dude that was this former associate who was just basically hating on him was like damn it's horrible. Alyssa, what about you? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to take sort of the opposite position today. And, I, uh, you know, look, it is what it is. But, you know, I, I'm a big listener of hip-hop. I've always been a very big listener of hip-hop. When I heard the news, I didn't care. Why? Because I didn't know who he was. To me, like, he just wasn't mainstream enough for me to actually know. Now, look, that that's just me be my own failing. Um, but at the same time, like, it just, it didn't. I don't know. I didn't really connect with the story. And then when I started to learn more about it and about his problematic relationship with the LGBT community, as somebody who's a member of the LGBT community, I was kind of like, eh, whatever. I don't even care because, like, you know, just it to me, like, 
it's not good enough to just go back and invest in your community. Like you have to be open to all people. Like if you're back investing in the community, but you're like, okay, but young gay black men can't come hang out at my shop and I'm not going to employ them. And I'm going to say problematic things about gay people. Then like, are you really doing a good job? And like, to me, it also isn't that shocking that somebody who used to be in a gang, admittedly used to be in a gang is killed over what is potentially a street beef um you know and and look that i know is not completely come out yet but it wasn't a street beef. it wasn't it was a personal dispute yeah. well but, let's let her finish but you know yeah. a, but a personal dispute with somebody else that may or may not have been in either a rival gang or in his gang so like to me that's not also that not that shocking like it's almost like you know a situation like i don't want to call it expected but like at the same time like you live in a certain way, you die in a certain way. And I understand that he was trying to get out and he was doing good things. Um, and I know we'll talk about later, like what that means. Like, can you invest in a community without necessarily being in the community? Like he had choices about where he wanted to be and he chose to be there. That said, um, you know, and I, you know, I don't know. Like, look, I understand why people could be upset about it. And I also understand that the investments that he made. So, again, it goes back to sort of that comment that I made earlier during the news roundup about, like, the ability to keep two opposite ideas in mind at the same time. Like, I think we can praise somebody for the good work that they're doing in the community, but also recognize that there's still problematic things about them. So, guys, if you have questions, comments, or cursors, I see you, Josh. You want to respond. The number is 212-650-6903. Again, the number is 212 650 Six nine zero three. If you're on Facebook Live, comment. Shakira, I see you. Comment. <laughs> I see you want to say some things. Danny, I'd love to hear from you as well. Josh, the floor is yours. Yeah. So I think I think like everything you just said, Alyssa, is just wrong. Like, okay, I can understand you might not have heard of him. I mean, there's a lot of people. Opinions who, can't yeah, be wrong, I'm, my friend. No, nah, I mean, I just I think morally wrong. But Nipsey was the type of person where I mean, his music wasn't as mainstream. He wasn't a Jay Z. But people, a lot of people which is why so many people are mourning. So many people weren't just only fans of Nipsey the rapper. They were fans of Nipsey the entrepreneur, Nipsey the human being, who he was. And I can understand why, like, you might not care, but Nipsey didn't make music for you. He made music for me, a young black man who grew up in the hood, grew up in an area where people say, you know, you don't have a chance at being successful. You're not supposed to be in these places. You're yeah. not supposed to be here. He made music for me. He didn't make music for you. So you saying that we should just, just basically, um, can I say the S word? No. 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 We should basically <laughs> just, you know, crap on him now that he's dead because of a few comments that he made, which offended you. I mean, listen, that's fair. You but we're not just going to crap on him. Like, well, the man yeah, made I, well, a legacy. One, sec, one, one second, Alyssa. I also want to give a quick response, too. I was in the gang. So if I get shot and killed tomorrow, is that the reason, like, it's okay? No, I didn't say that. No, and I'm I don't like, think we should crap on him either. What I'm saying is there are other people. Uh, look, I'm not one as a white person to tell anybody who to idolize, right? But there are people in the community that are doing good things that don't get any traction because they don't make music. There's a black woman in Brooklyn right now that opened her own vegan restaurant. Nobody's, you know, she's giving back to the community all the time. Why is she not getting traction? There are formerly incarcerated women who are out there in the community trying to help other women get back on their feet when they get out of jail they're not getting any well, they're traction. Not dead. you know it's exactly that's what i'm saying like but if we want to prop people up then why don't we go out there and look for people in the community that are doing good work well, and prop them up people never get their roses while they're still here even if smelling. they don't make music well, well hold on guys so a couple of things one nipsey was one of those people doing the community work too i actually wanted to address the 
the LGBTQ issue because he addressed it a while ago, actually, on a Breakfast Club where first off he apologized for what he said before and said that, like, he was, like, younger, he was ignorant, and also, like, he works with these people, he builds with people in, in that community, and, like, he felt bad for having done that, and that he would never say that or, like, behave that way with the people in his life, his family, or anyone. So I hear you on that issue, but, like, he addressed it. And then also, you know, at least, I don't, I don't necessarily think this is what you're saying. I know this may be the way it's perceived by some folks, but, like, most of us, like, at least from my experience, like people of color, we come from the mud. I can a thousand percent relate to Nipsey Hussle. So did Jay-Z. So this this hits a lot closer to home for us mm-hmm. than anybody else. We got a call on the line, guys. I want to get to the caller, Shakira. Let your voice be heard. Hi, guys. Thank you for calling. Uh, taking my call. Um, I just wanted to express from my point of view of what Nipsey was to the culture. You know, he was someone who, first and foremost, let's acknowledge that he was trying to improve himself. And then he came back and he started to improve his community where he came from. That's the first and foremost thing I think we should all acknowledge. And like Stanley said, he acknowledged the whole issue about the LGBT comment that he had made. And for one, for a person to be in that public position and then say those hateful things, but take the time to go back and truly mean, have that apologetic part to it, you know, like you have to understand that. Um, And he did a lot for his community. A lot of things that were not publicized or not put out in the air until after his death. So we should just, you know, he wasn't perfect, but he gave it his all. He came back and started helping his people. Thank you for that comment, Shakira. I really appreciate it. I don't think I really need to say anything after that. You really killed it. So, um, Alyssa, you had some comments on, on Facebook Live you want to get to? Yeah. So, um, hold on. Let me just scan back to them. Sorry about that. Um, so, Bianca says people are hype when they thought it was a conspiracy, but it was crickets when they learned that it was a black on black crime um, and that it was not shocking and that we really should be talking about whether or not we should be normalizing black on black crime because that's the real issue. Black on black crime is not a thing. Most homicides occur within the same race or same community. That's just natural. Because of segregation. Right. I mean, look, <laughs> because no, we're all, like, stuck and, in the same We, we all live in a... Who else going to kill us? Just to k- give you some statistics on that, um, the latest numbers is that, like, white people kill each other at a rate of 89%, a white person killing another white person, and black people kill each other at a rate of about 91%. Uh, so, you know, yeah. really, uh, when you talk about this thing, you're absolutely right. There is no... I mean... Yeah, white people kill white people, black people kill black people, like, and almost at the same rate. So yeah. that's that's definitely a good point. Yeah, I'm gonna just actually just to kind of jump off of that comment from Bianca. So one of the things, one of the reasons that so many folks were upset, including the chief of police for the Los Angeles Police Department, which called Nipsey's death an assassination, is because Nipsey was actually going to meet with the chief chief of police on Monday to talk about getting a gang truce. Nipsey had been, according to reports, Nipsey had been communicating with the Bloods, and they were going to get ready to get a truce to, like, stop gang violence in the community. So when the chief of police found out that Nipsey was murdered, he was shocked because, one, Nipsey had a lot of respect on the block so to speak, and he had a lot of respect in the, on, like, I guess you call it, like, the mainstream America as well. He was devastated because Nipsey was actively working to reduce gang and gun violence in the community. And that goes to speak, though, like, you know, the irony and the pain that he was actually murdered by somebody in his own community. Mm-hmm. So well, wh- why is it, though, because I think you guys had an argument earlier that, that really, like, kind of struck a chord with me. 
Why is it that we weren't hearing about these things when he was alive? Why is it after he dies? Why is it that we don't hear about the good things people do when they're alive? Why do they have to not smell their roses? Josh, you can go first. I think um, I think it's the media. You know, the media is messed up. Uh, we only, you know, the media wants to highlight, you know, negative things about the black community or they want to show you viral stuff. They want to show you Jesse Smollett. They want to show you uh, what people are talking about on Twitter, like anybody should care. Um it's just the media, the culture of the society that we live in. You know, we don't highlight positivity. We highlight negativity because I guess it gets higher ratings. You know, I, I think that's right. Um, I think that there's a lot of times and, and that sort of goes back to the point I was making earlier and where we can sort of like agree on, which is when people are doing good things in the community, they especially if they're not somebody who's famous or making music, they don't get the play. And like that that goes back to the initial point I was making. It's like not to take away from the things he's doing, but there are so many other people in the community that are doing good things that don't get any credit for it, not just because they're not dead, but also just because they aren't you know, a celebrity. Um, and so like, it can be frustrating when somebody gets celebrity status because they are rapping about their former life as a gang member. Um, and look, that music may speak to you and great. Like I don't detract from that at all, but like we keep in mind, like then you have somebody who is not getting mainstream success because like that isn't the life they live. And because of that, they don't get the traction and the play from the media. And that is a problem from the media. The media should be going out to places like East New York and looking for black entrepreneurs and putting them on TV and saying these people are doing good work in their community. Like, so you're right in that respect, like versus the, the, the media constantly focusing on that. But to this other issue, there was a really interesting article in the New York Times this week. Just um, hold, hold off one second. So we, we have a call on the line. But OK. Very good point. Ms. Deborah, let your voice be heard. Hi. Um, you know, I, I find it very interesting that you jumped on the LGBT if I'm not doing it, saying it correctly, I'm sorry, but I'm not doing any apology tours either. Now, the man said he was sorry. You knew how to jump on that right away, but you didn't know how to tell every, anybody about the good works that he did. So you must have done a little bit of reading. But you know what? It doesn't really matter because it's very, it's very interesting. You didn't know anything about him, but you knew about, you know about Jay-Z. You like Beyonce. You like all the quote-unquote, mainstream rappers, and, you know, it makes me a little suspect about you. But I know one day I was looking at MSNBC a long time ago, so it's not recent, okay? You got that? And there was a whole table of people, a table full of people, and they were gay, and they were talking about their problems and what they endured as gay people. And there was a, uh, a man who said, uh, black people kind of like really get on my nerves because uh, uh, we have our own civil rights and black people are not the only people who uh, have civil rights. They act as if that's their first, middle, and last name. Now, I didn't think that was very nice, but unlike many people who are really, and I have to give them credit, they jump on, should, they jump on things the moment they hear it. If I had not been going out of the door, I think I would have gone somewhere else and gone online and I would have made it very clear about how I felt about it. But see, I never forgot that. I never forgot that. And I have gone to shops where I have wanted to shop and I had to take an owner. It was a co-owner. And I took him aside and I asked him, I said, is there something wrong with your own, with, with, with your, your guy here? 
And he said, well, you know, he's just going through something today. I said, well, a friend of mine bought a brownstone, and that table over there would have been something that she really liked. But you know what? I won't bother to tell her. This is not one or two issues, okay? I think we need to be a little bit more sensitive to people who do good things. That's a really good point, Miss Deborah. We absolutely do need to be more se- like sensitive to people who do good things. And then also, like Russ Haven said in the comments, what about redemption? We got to give people the space to grow and be better. And I don't think that we always do that. We don't nowadays. I mean, yeah. everybody's getting crucified because of past tweets, past things, past pic- I mean, some of it is deserved. valid, deserved, valid critiques. Mm-hmm. But other things are just, you know... A little petty. Yeah. Alyssa, you were going to go to an article before um, Ms. Deborah called in. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. I mean, just to address one thing that she said, I listen to a lot of non-mainstream hip hop. The fact that I hadn't heard of this particular person is not necessarily indicative of uh, the fact that I only listen to mainstream. You, never, you don't listen um, to Playboy Cardi. <laughs> that's not true. I like Playboy Cardi. Um, okay. And I like a lot of non-mainstream uh, hip hop artists. Like but um, just just to address that. Young bands? Um, actually, some of my the young non-mainstream young. stuff is stuff that like most people don't listen to, like Immortal technique who's actually from here so okay, who's yeah. not like at all. yeah i do so um you know in <laughs> any event um getting back to the point so there was a really interesting article in this week's new york times and it was entitled for nipsey hustle and rap's thriving middle class staying close to home can have a price and it was all about whether or not people need to stay in their neighborhood when they have mainstream success and make enough money to leave their neighborhood and whether or not people can still help their neighborhood without actually being there. And it sort of drew a contrast between people like Nipsey Hussle, who um, made enough money that he could have moved to Hollywood Hills and still gave back to his community, but decided to stay in the community versus people like Jay-Z, who have made a lot of money, who give back to places like Marcy, but aren't actually there and therefore are not at Mm -hmm. higher risk to be killed, um, whether it's over some kind of gang dispute or not over a gang yeah. dispute or some kind of just beef with somebody you know, um, you know, and it and it goes into details about how much more at risk somebody is when they stay in the community just because they have money and that automatically makes them a target. Number one, and also if they say something that may offend somebody in the community and they're still in the community, yeah. that can also make them a target. And I think that's a really interesting point because it's something we were talking about when we were talking about planning this show. Um, is you know I made the point like. Look at Jay-Z. Jay-Z gives back to the community. Jay-Z's done a lot to influence criminal justice reform. But Jay-Z, I don't think, is at risk to being killed. I mean, look, look, anybody could get killed at any time. But, um, you know, Jay-Z, I think, is at a much lower risk to get killed because Jay-Z's not in Marcy. Yet he still mm-hmm. is giving back. And it raises the question, like, if Nipsey would have moved out of where he's from but still gave back, would he be in the position that he is now, which is not here. Well, white people colonized Marcy, so that's why Jay-Z wouldn't get killed in Marcy, even if he was there. Well, that's, that's a separate point. And they're trying to colonize Compton, too. And but, I, but I think it's important. I think it's actually the best situation where our heroes and our leaders stay in our communities. Because then it does it does more than just like give you great examples of like black leadership and aspiration, but it also helps to drive up the economy and increase school funding and a whole mm-hmm. bunch of other things that folks don't think about. And it's the reason that white neighborhoods tend to do better because they have more diverse incomes and experiences in those communities. Right. But the U.S. government, gentrification, white supremacy, capitalism has decimated these black communities so that only the most extreme poor can live there. And when you live in extreme poverty, things happen. Josh? Well, when you live in extreme poverty, it just breeds so many negative emotions like you know jealousy you know hatred all that stuff and i mean you see they had a story um 
think it was earlier this year, about this this dude who lived in uh, Queens. And he brought a BMW, and one day somebody shot him in the head, and his mom says he didn't he wasn't involved in no gangs or anything. It was because people were jealous because now he he just got a new job and he brought a BMW. Yeah. I mean, when you live in a hood, that stuff happens. People just see you doing better than them, and they hate they hate you just because you're doing good. And we don't talk about that's the kind of things we need to talk about in terms of investing in like mental health, like getting people the treatment that they need, the resources that they need. Because when you live in these closed-off environments, you feel like you have no hope. Yeah. You're just going to be a negative person. Well, let yeah. me ask you, if do you think, I, I know you said you think it's good that people should stay in the community, right? But mm-hmm. let me, if you really think that Nipsey was having a big impact on the community, which let's, for this, you know, we could agree to disagree about mm-hmm. whatever, but let's just go from the point that, like, he was, right? Yeah. He was doing good things. We can all acknowledge there was investments made in the community by him mm-hmm. would it have been better for him to be out of the community but still alive and still able to make those investments than being in the community and being killed and no longer being able to make those investments it was better for him to be in the community because you know what unfortunately he passed because of the deranged person but the impact that he had you can already see it the bloods mm-hmm. and the crips made a truce eight tray and rolling 60s have a truce in california right now they've been at war for 40 years they had a, they have a truce People are trying to replicate the work that he was doing. And th- this is why you need these leaders in these communities. And, and, you know, like Malcolm X, he was right up in Harlem during mm-hmm. the middle of the heroin era, everything. Like you need these kind of people in these communities because you know what? The U.S. government, which is led by white folks, is not going to help us. Capitalism, which is perpetuated and supported and, and benefited by white folks, is not going to help us. So you have to have your people help you. You got to have them in the community. It's really important. And if if they won't be in the community, no one will be. And the community will continue to have all these bright lights that get dimmed out because poverty is crushing. Guys, we do have to wrap this up. We're running short on time. I want to give you guys just like a second to get some final thoughts. Alyssa, do you have a comment you want to get to real quick? Yeah. Uh, last uh, comment from uh, the gallery is... Um What's it called? Bianca says it doesn't make a difference. Jealousy is jealousy. He's special for the very reason that he stayed in the community. And Shakira agrees um, that it's not the same, that, you know, you have to be in the community to make a real difference. So our listeners are answering the question that, um, uh, you know, I put out. uh, Russ said, actually, John Lennon was shot outside the Dakota and it's hard to shield everyone everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's actually a good uh, actually to Russ's point. That's a good point. I mean, the Dakota was on the Upper West Side. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people say John Lennon was killed because of the work that he was doing to try and um, bring peace to, you know, different in, in a different sense, but yeah. um, in a very volatile era, which is the, the late end of the 1960s. Um, look, my final thoughts are this. I think that the bigger issues that need to be addressed are the issues of racism and classism and poverty and the impact that race and class have on the criminal justice system. And I can both look at somebody and say, I didn't really know them that well. I didn't really know their music that well. And I don't necessarily know if I think that they should be somebody who should be idolized. But at the same time, say if they were doing good work in the community and they were in the community and they were giving back to the community, then we should still give them credit for that. At the same time, um, you know, several different people doing work in the community is great. um, But if we don't address the systemic issues, then we're never going to get anywhere. And I think that's what we always try and do here on Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio is both look from the narrow perspective as those people that are doing good work, um, but also from the bigger perspective as like, what do we need to do? And the truth is, um, yes, we need to prop up people that are doing this kind of work. But at the same time, we need to elect people that are doing good work to office so that we can help actually deal with the systemic issues of racism and classism and criminal justice reform. 
Josh? My final thoughts. Uh, Nipsey is a martyr for the culture. You know, um, he, he created a legacy, and his legacy is is entrepreneurship. You know, we got to we have to enterprise, we have to invest in our communities, and we have to take ownership of our communities. We talk about racism, but racism doesn't matter when you have wealth in your community. Racism doesn't matter when you don't have to go outside your community for a job. You don't have to go outside your community for financing, for a loan. You don't have to go outside your community for health care, for, for food, for anything that you need. We give power to racism by staying oppressed and not lifting each other up. Thank you, Josh. I'm real quick to push back gently. Racism didn't stop Black Wall Street from getting burned down by angry white people. Mm-hmm. You got to fight white supremacy no matter which way you put right, it. Right, but we got to rebuild it. We got to rebuild it. But yeah, white supremacy is also there prevalent. It's, I think it's two things. But I want to talk about Nipsey and close it out with this. Nipsey, like you said, was a martyr for the culture, was a martyr from the hood. He's exactly the kind of model of people we want to see in our communities. The person that maybe didn't have the best path coming up, but found success and found their way. And like they were rebuilding and they were reinvesting and they were empowering other people. If we had more Nipsey's in our communities, our communities would be a lot better. So we honor him from the work that he did, the music that he made, and the people that he inspired. And we say, rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle. With that being said, guys, we got to get out of here. We will see you next week. And it will be another 